up, mamas? It's Tanika Ray. I was a television host for 20 years before my entire life blew up when I had a baby. Shifting gears from red carpets to a gig called Mom required a whole new game plan. The carefree, globe-trotting boss babe me was suddenly in search of a mommy tribe to help me navigate the inevitable fumbles and fails of raising a kid. Mama Stay with Tanika Ray is a sanctuary for the mommy collective, where we amplify our self-love and self-care, trade tips on raising conscious kids, help each other fine-tune our boundaries, and celebrate the highs while forgiving ourselves for the lows in the wild, 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 wild world of mommying AF. Welcome to Mama Stay with Tanika Ray. The current time is 4 a.m. on Valentine's Day. That's right. I've got a thriving social life. <laughs> no, outside of that, I'm, I kind of think it's perfect that I'm shooting this intro on Valentine's Day. It's a day of love. It's a day that even if you're not in a partnership, it reminds you that the most important thing is love, love of self, love of family love of your friends, and to cultivate that, to really nurture that love for yourself and beyond. Because really, it goes the same as when you're mommying. You can't pour from an empty cup. And the iconic RuPaul says, if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Ugh, truer words have never been spoken. So on this Valentine's Day, I wanted to do a mashup of love, but also Black history, which They kind of obviously go together, but it is the perfect opportunity to bring my first couple to the mic. That's right. A husband, a wife, a mom, a dad to the table to talk about the yin and the yang of raising babies AF. Please welcome. They are both actors. They are light warriors. They are social justice activists. They ride hard for their babies and their story is even more poignant because as a couple and as a family, they had to face a perceived challenge that would have rocked some families to the core. But for Alimi and Dawn, they came with love from a deep place of empathy and care They knew that no matter what their babies brought to the table, they would be able to navigate them through it and they would do it holding hands and with total and utter acceptance. I'm blown away by what this family models for the greater community. Please welcome Alimi and Don Ballard. Oh, such a good one. Hey guys, it is Tanika Ray. We are about to go live with Alimi Ballard and his wife, Dawn. This is a husband and wife who are so beautiful. I mean, when I say they transform space, they exude light. It is really, really beautiful to see. Look at that sexy couple. We can't hear you. I can hear you. Hold tight, hold tight. Hello, how are you? Can you hear me? You can't hear me at all? Clearly. Yes, I can hear you now. Clearly. I can hear you now. Okay. So this is what happens when you go from being talent and people taking care of you and then having to do every fucking thing. Fucking thing yourself. We have familiarizations with this phenomenon. We're like, what? I'm lighting, I'm sound. And then I'm I'm doing my interview. Oh, and I got to put on makeup. And what am I wearing? I got to set the lights. I got to do the lines, talk to you. And then I got to send it to you. And then I'm I need delivery hair and service. Makeup, like daily. Hi, guys. Hello. So ah. I just called our friends in common, the glorious, fantastical Tangela Ambrose and Kina. And all they do is just barf beautiful words at you guys and how amazing you are. And I already know this because I'm an energy. I speak energy fluently. And the amount of time, I guess we bumped up against each other a couple times in different scenarios. Absolutely. Um, And you're just always so lovely. And that is not easy to say for a lot of people in the business and a lot of people in Los Angeles. 
I'm from these streets. So I'm like, always like, what? <laughs> Why y'all come to my shores? She, she bites me often, She bites me on my calf muscle when she's irritable. So we, we have some things we're in therapy about. You do have some I know to, to, to humanize it. You know what I'm yes. saying? She bites when she's angry. So you're relatable. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. How long have you guys been married? We are in the 2-0. Yes. The 2-0 this two year. Decades. Two decades. 20 years. We two man's worth of time. He was we, half a man, a full he, man. He's a man and a half. Now we two mans a it, marriage. It's really, yeah. it's yeah, really, yeah. you guys know how incredible that is, right? As black people. I feel like the narrative is that we're not together, but we are. And you guys are obviously examples of that, but I don't see it that often. And I'm going to, because I live in LA, I think all my girlfriends that live in the South, they see married people all the time. I just don't think it's as prevalent here in the dirty streets of La La Land. <laughs> and these dirty streets. That's why that's why that the show Black Love is so important because you really do need to, see to highlight it. it. And you need it to come out in relief instead of like being the background because you're like, if you're there, I need to see you. So yes, it's it's a being able to speak thing. out your own stories and, and talk about the everyday people that negativity is so loud, positivity is quietly going so, about its yeah. business. So it just doesn't get the highlight reel. It doesn't make the snippets. That it's not clickable. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's often not, not sexy too. You know, the negativity is very attractive. You know, it will get people talking. You'll have a great day, stub your toe, and that's all you talk about. Man, I stubbed my toe this morning. You'd be like, and that's the what else happened? That's the clickable moment for your day, and I think people are like that. Unfortunately, that goes for our media and our news as well. That Correct. goes for politics. We're all distracted by. We all want to watch the car crash on the side of the road, which is so demented. I go out of my way to not look. It's disrespectful. I'm like, move yes, your ass. Don't click. I literally am like, to, don't click. Tanika, I was just talking about outrage porn. That's desensitizing our souls. You know what I mean? We So much of us know a lot of the ills going on just to take police brutality, you know, yeah. murdering of human beings, extrajudicial killings. You know what I mean? And you're seeing it and seeing it and seeing it. So the next time I see it, I want to, you know, be confronted again with solutions, yeah. you know, because after a while, you know, it's click and watch this. Clicking what without how solutions, how bad? How you know what I mean? So they're raping children. Uh, OK, where do we go get them? What did you call it? I call it the, oh my gods. We're stuck in the, oh my God, did you see? Oh my God, I can't believe. What did you just call it? I use porn, porn. in it, but uh, uh, outrage porn. Outrage. outrage. Outrage porn. Oh, good. I'm not writing that down. Outrage, outrage porn. porn. That's exactly you know, what outrage. it is. <gasps> outrage. Can you believe it? With no solutions, that's a trap. Thank you. It is not only, a, it's quicksand. We get so trapped in the, oh my gods, yeah. that by time we're done absorbing it and we've told all our friends and we've had our conversations, the news cycle has moved on to the next, oh my God. And those politicians are changing our lives while we're all distracted by the outrage porn. Oh, it, it's like, so the best defense is offense. It's like, if I can continue to assault you and assault you and assault you, and you're just responding to the assault and not really mounting a counter offensive, I've got you you're always on the ropes. Busy. So we're emotionally on the ropes, on the ropes, recovering, recovering. Okay. So the next time I see a dispassionate, cold-blooded killing by someone entrusted to uphold the law. What I need to see right behind that is a thousand attorneys going, here's the plan. We're going to sort these clowns, these cold-blooded etcs out. And that's what I need to see. So don't show me another one because we know it's happening. Show me a solution. Plan of action. Let's go. Unfortunately, it requires us not to engage in all that nasty, dirty, stinky outrage porn. And a lot of people who have nothing else to focus on, if they have nothing going on in their lives, that's their entertainment and they can't pull themselves away. And so I'm so I'm so obsessed with you guys because you in your in your marriage and in your love, you are holding it together and you have each other's backs. It is a symbol for what our entire culture needs to do. So I want to dive into your magic. What, what I've, it reminded you me of. You'll get in my magic, girl. It reminded me of our 
I have a, a quote of from Forrest Gump that kind of exemplifies the marriage. That whole it's when Bumba is talking to Forrest. Go ahead. And he's like, You're I lean against you, you lean against me, and that way we don't have to sleep with our face in the mud. Yeah. I'll lean against you. Gorgeous metaphor. Yeah. But you lean against me. Yeah. Wonderful. Frenches. Somebody watches six o'clock. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean that you got far, that view. You got that view. We, and, we got it. That particular approach is is self-circulating. It's uh it's, it's an ecosystem, you know what I mean? You can apply it to a romantic relationship, you can apply it to a buddy, a friendship, Friends, a sisterhood, yes. you know, a business partnership. I watch at six o'clock, you watch my six o'clock. And it, it's our family our too. Tomorrow, that's you know? that's how we look at our kids. Like we all are in this. This, you know, yeah, that's why we use it. We all use it. Yeah. You know, like, listen, man, you got lint. You know, you got something in your teeth. You, know? you, you got a little. You got, how's how's you got your mind today? <laughs> like, why you wear like what, Kevin Hart was so good about that, and Eric Thomas, who we listen to online. You oh know, like people love cheerleaders. You need some coaches. Kevin Hart was so great. You need a no man. You got a lot of hey, that's dumb. Don't do that. do that. Take that shirt off. You. Want cheerleaders, which is great, but having some no people some or having coaches. some coaches to be like, so your uh, your whole your whole jump shot is trash, hot trash. We need to work on. How about that. we fix that? And that's watching the six o'clock. That is literally why I do this podcast because I'm a single mom. I'm a chosen single mom just because of what you said that her father he was not available or able to watch anybody's six o'clock, but his own. So I was like, I can do this by myself. I don't need somebody else to bring on who's not going to have my back. And there's a lot of women that have this issue because, and I hate to say it's generational trauma, but it is. It is. We yeah. haven't been taught as a, as a collective to have each other's backs. We're like, it's the whole crab thing. I'm so sick of these metaphors, but we have to face them in order to hurdle them. It's the only way to do it. So I want to dive into, because we we started a little bit with being married. Where did you get the examples with which to input into your relationship? Was it the Cosby show or was it in your home? Let's start there. <laughs> oh, no. I, I want to hear what... what yeah, yeah what I mean, it, you what know the story. I, I didn't have any of those. Dude, it just wasn't. I met my dad when I was 20. And I was raised by a single parent mom in the Bronx, New York City. I got four older sisters. I was born in looking at like five beautiful lady faces. You know what I mean? Beautiful brown. Wow. You know, that's I'm from New York. But yeah, my story is you know how I talk about and it's not unique. I'm not original. I'm not special in that story. I'm like, like seven other hundred million black boys just like you know, born into that. So that makes you have to self-define. You know what I mean? It's like being poor in financial poverty and deciding you're going to be wealthy. You, maybe you don't have any examples around you, but you can get there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can, you can decide that I should have, we should be able to, you know, my needs should be met. You know what I mean? And so when we, over the years, we really tried to figure out what does it mean to us? Like, why would you even do it? Outside of everybody else is doing it, like why are you going to college? I understand everybody's talking about, but why would you be going? Mm-hmm. Why would you even do it? And for me, that was the question. Baby was like new, you know. I'm married. I was like, okay, this is good. I mean, but, but why? You know. So we had to really sketch it. So you never saw it. You never saw it in your community. I came from a home where there were two: my mom and a stepfather. And it was the antithetical of what I wanted my marriage to be. For some reason, though, I was obsessed with the fact that I knew that partnership was a great thing and it could work. Sometimes people run from the thing because they're like, I never want this. And so I'm running from the concept in general. I was like, house, great. How do we make it so it fits me? Because I felt like partnership, awesome. How do I make it where it's beautiful and yummy and it's like easy. loving and, and I just saw it all. And so I wanted to do opposite. So, you know how, like they say, hard times can make you, you know, it can kind of, you can have a, a bad dad and decide I'm going to be the best dad ever, or you can have a bad dad and unconsciously end up being a, a complete manifestation of the same thing, you know? So Luckily I had a great dad example. My, um, Mr. Henry Wapples, God rest his soul, passed away. He was um, 
right across the street, my buddy's dad, you know what I mean? And now that I'm a father, I mean, we got 15 year old and 17 year old. I'm aware of how conscious his choice was to follow. When you're too young, it, this is the thing, good and bad shit that gets in you. Yeah. He completely took me on. He used to buy me Christmas gifts. You know, I was, I mean, I was, I think I was probably a sad kid. I, you know, I get the feeling. My mom used to be like, oh, no, no. I used to sit in the corner and draw. My sisters, you ask my older sisters, he's weird. He'd sit in the corner and draw. But I'm thinking that sounds like a sad ass kid. You know what I mean? Like, you know. Or coping. We all have our coping. Yeah. And sad, no, but coping. Yes. Okay. Right. The way Henry Waffles was the dad across the street, luckily, and you know, and he is my template for what it is to be a father. He was he would cook, he would, you know, spank you, uh, he would sew, he was that guy. And he was a nurse at the hospital, big dude, you know, he just was gruff, he didn't play no games. And this is the seventies, so he spank you, smack you, whatever's necessary. My and mom was a vegetarian, my mom was a vegetarian. <laughs> he cooked pork. He's like, When you at my house, you eat whatever yeah. I, it wasn't that whatever your mom no no no, I'm not I, you go up and go back home and eat the tofu if you want. If you're up in here, you eat what's on the table. He was so old school. But at a at a foundational level, I knew if it ever happened for me, that's the only that's kind of dad to be. And that's the kind of dad I am. You said something really important. You said intentional. You were, you now realize how intentional he was. And really, to be honest, parenting requires intentionality. There are so many people that parent mommy, daddy unconsciously. Like they just, exactly what you said, Don. They just like, well, this is how my mom did it. So I do it too. I'm keeping it old school. I'm keeping it real. But no, our parents were parenting through trauma. My mother, my mom and dad came through civil rights, okay? I am first generation free, I like to call it. What about you, Don? What what about your parentals and how you watched yourself sort of growing up and how you were impressed upon by your your environment? Yeah, I was really looking at what I didn't want to do. But I had a very brilliant mother, so She wasn't emotionally very mature. I guess that's the way I would say it. Emotional maturity. She was like, people that have trauma. Yeah, but she was very brilliant, like mentally and, and, and yeah, intellectually. And she taught me how to think though, because I've been trying to distill because we had a very weighted, heavy, hard relationship, my mom and I. And I had a very, what I considered a very challenging childhood. And we talk about the fact that there's so many people with the same story. So you never want to be like, oh my, you know, but for me, it was very challenging. And I really formed, though my mother was very conscious about how to think. And so I learned still, even it's almost like, don't do as I'm doing. I understood that. I actually got the do as I'm saying, not as, <laughs> as I'm, I'm doing. doing. And Ooh. some people just know that it's like, well, you're doing, you know, you're saying this and, da, da, da. and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to follow the, what you're saying because what you're doing, it is not matching. And I see how it's really putting your life in dumpster fire bill. So what I'm going to do is what you're actually saying to do. And so I'm going to go to school. I'm going to pay attention. I'm going to this, I'm going to that, I'm that to get away from this, this drama that's happening in front of me. So I'm going to just get myself out of here. And so Mm. I was very intentional. I was a very careful child. And so there was four of us in the house and I was the oldest and the oldest girl. And I took being oldest very seriously. That's very oldest child mentality, right? Yeah. You probably took a lot on your shoulders in order to raise your siblings. I was given a lot. So I raised my siblings. My mom took to her bed. I ran the house. Emotionally immature. Did your mother know that? And okay, so own it. The reason I'm trying to find a really good work. So my mother is narcissistic, but it's like narcissistic people are so she's so smart. So I found my mother to be very intelligent. So she did not know. So she never copped to all the shit. She never like she to her leaving bed and she passed. God bless her soul in 2020. 
So at the end of 2020, literally 12, 20, 2020, my mom passed. Her life was about her, like what she wanted, what she didn't have, what she wanted to create. And so we were like chessboard pieces for her. This is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do. This is what I want. I need you to do and you to be. And when you weren't being any of those things, you're off the board, like literally and figuratively get out of my face, get out of my life. Don't talk to me, blah, blah, blah. So we had lots of years of not speaking, like, you know, three and four years. And then, you know, all right, I'm ready to receive you again. I heard you were doing it, something it was, brilliant. It was, shocked, it was very adventurous as uh, as boyfriend. What, the person to have to watch it because we've been together twenty five years. So he yeah. he's he's seen it. I, I've seen it, and I have memory. sisters, and my sisters have their own relationships with my mother. I'm the That's baby. Very different than yours, right? Oh, speak on that. My eldest sister does not have the same relationship with my mother that I have. There's something about sometimes eldest girls, you know, and the mom. Sometimes the older boy and the dad, like if they don't meet on the same street, it feels like it's attrition forever. That's what I experience. Are you the oldest girl? I'm the only girl and the oh. oldest girl. I have a brother and I have a family that my parents are still married and they were able to come out of civil rights and make something of their life. And our life was supposed to look perfect. And I was the saddest little girl in the world. So I really relate to what you said. And my mom's a narcissist and all these other things. I really think of her more of like the older sister who is jealous of me. Uh Oh, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. All right. You're shooting lightning bolts close to home over here. What are you doing? Well, this pod has allowed clarity for me. I really just never understood why we were like this. And now I'm like, oh. It's it's her being a new soul. I've been here many times before. That's another challenge is when you don't see the world the same way. It's woo. I'm always wrong. I'm always wrong. I'm always wrong. And I'm a grown ass woman going, oh, it wasn't about me. Finally. And it's affected everything. I didn't want children because I didn't have a good relationship with my mom. So I so get what you said. And then something, God had other plans and you move forward and you just, it's like, it's like, we're all in this business. You get a job. Sometimes you're prepared. Sometimes you're not. You just jump off the cliff and make it work. Right. And that's what mothering is for me. That's why I'm leaning on all of you guys to go, how did you do this? How does it work? Because I feel like I didn't get a great example of how I would like to raise my child. So you guys have these incredible experiences from self-professed sad boy, which I, I think it was coping, to you being the oldest daughter of a narcissistic mother. You come together, you find love, you guys are each other's lobster, you start having children. How was it intentional from before your kids were here? How did you enter parenthood? What was the approach? So like, in other words, like, were we going, oh, this is how we're going to parent. This is. Did you have these discussions or did you, was it like autopilot? Like where did these hard discussions about how you were going to raise your kids enter the conversation? I was that girl who was like my wedding dress, my baby shower, my kids, my husband, like I, you know, was one of those people. So my intentionality over children was huge. Like, I had a lot of pictures, right? And so thankfully I have the pictures and then I have the learning that I'm always doing, whether I'm reading, expressing myself in order to know myself better. And we, and I found in all of that, I found what actually was brought to me, what I felt like it's been the framework of me raising the children in one particular way, which is the Rye Method. So I actually was introduced to this method, this educational method, a way of uh, a way of being. Just to uh, to lead into the same this space, my mom loved me more than the wind and water. You understand? So my I was watered by my mom, still am to this day. My understanding of, of be, the, the good fortune of being well loved is you know what it feels like, yep. and so my mom impressed more on me with how she treated me than me. she said a whole lot of crazy stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, a black person in credit the question mark. You know what I'm saying? Believe that. I'd be like, okay. 
I'm a fact check that, but I feel you. I feel you, my sister. I feel you, you know. But love, you know, is that is the uh, kindness, you know, is the is the language that the, the blind can see and the deaf can hear. My mom, the love. So when you get that undiluted, true and unconditional, it informs you on I knew what how to be, maybe not what to say, you know, how to do it. But the thing that they leave, Maya Angelo, they will remember how you how you made them feel, because that's under that's your intent. That's underneath. That's powering. Now you can fumble at the mechanics, but when you love them, motherfuckers, more than life, the mechanics are like secondary. You yeah. trying like, hey, I don't know math, dog. I'm A B C F. Do you know? You're like, okay, dad, that's not your strong suit. But I see where you're coming from. <laughs> you trying to help me with homework? You trying to help me with homework? Good, good for you, bro. Awesome. So my mom gave me like the real thing, the yummy center. Yeah the packaging you work on. And so I knew that I didn't have, and so my wife was definitely kids. And I, and I wasn't even sure we, you know, I was going to have, I was like, you know, I was like, you know, we need to have kids. It's me and you for a while. She was like, listen, bro, I need some kids. I was like, why are you so rushing? What you in a rush for, girl? You know, let's just hang out for a little bit. <laughs> like, I'm not hanging out with you. I uh, hanged out <laughs> all the time before you, you, you were like, not you trying to hang out. Married. I'm the one like, come on, man, let's ease up. It's going to be all right. And you like, listen, bro, bro. Every stage of our relationship, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was as patient as I could be. And he ran as fast, fast as, as I could. could. And somehow these two. <laughs> you have more pictures. I just didn't have all of the pictures. You know what I mean? I was looking for a guy. I was like, I'm from New York. I'm a city boy. I'm like, we'll be all right. Let's, you know. We figure it out when we get to it. She's like, no, I'm no, like, no. eggs will <laughs> only, we only have so many eggs and we only have them Time starting window. from birth. Yeah. And then the window for having children starts to close at this time. And I am mindful of all of that. I'm very, I was, I have been very awake very my whole life, very which has been very exhausting. I understood the the gravity of everything of choices. all the whole time. And in fact, it's the thing that is making that internal runner is a part of me is wanting to be free of the understanding that this is weighted. And this is weighted and this is weighted. And if you do this, you know, and so I'm very, very conscious and sometimes it's exhausting. You it's know? that balance of, of working with learning to let go and let God. Yeah. Like we can figure out there's so much. And we got to leave some space. And we all need to work with that. Leave some room for miracles. Leave a little room. I love T.D. Jakes with that, man. A miracle to break loose. Leave some room in your prayers (laughs) for a blessing. Now, that's above your pay grade. Well, I, I look at my kids. I tell my kids that they are helping me heal and grow up. Because parenting takes so much consciousness (laughs) because you want to fall into so many traps so many this is not my picture and what are you doing now and so many how do i want to control and how do i want want i want a baby i'm like stop yeah do you want a stop that no 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 you want a baby no 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 no. you do not no 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 no. stop it stop it you you have not thought this through your baby could be born sick listen hold on hold on you want a baby go 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 to the hospital she She has faith you have to raise a whole human. A human. That's a real commitment. That's when you guys talk about marriage. I'm like, if you love her a lot, just tell her you love her a lot. You know what I'm saying? Because that's not like I want to sign up to do a whole lot. You are, you like kids? Go to your cousin's house. You know, play with your nephews and nieces. <laughs> that assignment, listen, you, people are not thinking about real life. What could really happen during the process? What could happen to you? What could happen to them? It's a real, that intention. To really give your life to this process mm-hmm. is big time, and it requires some forethought, and you know, and it will take everything from you. it. Will everything, everything. Like for me, I tell the kids, I'm like, y'all are the whole. You know, I didn't, and I was like, I wasn't even like, oh, I had these kids. I'm like the silliest motherfucker in the world. Okay, I was like, I'm so, I'm so naive. I'm like, we had these kids. We don't need these kids. Girl, we'll be fine. It's me and you. I have these kids, and they're everything. They're all I want to do. Like, I'm like, I feel like boo-boo. I'm like, my kids are everything. My wife has poured into our children that same flame of self-love my mom gave me. I watch her do it, rekindle it. I hear your children are pretty extraordinary, too. Please tell me about your kids. Zai is our oldest, 17. So 17, and then Cairo is 15, just turned 15. Both artists in their own right. So. The oldest is uh, literally an animator, a visual artist. And then 
Cairo is wordsmith and a writer and a poet and a philosopher. Yeah, just incredible. Really cool kids. That's why I'm saying I'm watching myself grow up again. You know, I'm watching like what would have worked for this if I would have had a mom who was conscious, who was really wanting Mm. to pour into me if I had like, you know, um, our youngest has a lot of anxiety. And so watching this one parent, what he knows, I am going to make sure that he knows it's safe. It's safe for him to be emotional, for him to fall apart, for him to have all of these feelings and still move forward because that's what courage is. But like demonstrating it, showing it, And making sure that you are not equated with your feelings is huge, you know? So it's like, I feel anxious, but I am not an anxiety-ridden person. I'm feeling anxious today. I'm feeling, because you're going to grow out of that. We don't, we're not attaching it to who you are as a person. We're uh, knowing that this is part of your growth process. And speaking of anxiety, by the way, we all, I think, have a little bit of anxiety after the last three years we've been through. But my daughter was watching Disney Plus and she's like, oh, let me watch some karaoke. They had a song called Anxious and they spelled it out. A-N-X-I-O-U-S. And I was like, this is a different day. This is a different day. We didn't know what anxiety was when we were little. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, you had nerves. You know what I'm saying? Calm your nerves. Calm What's wrong down. with you? Calm your nerves. Right. Calm the fuck down. Easy. Take it easy. Go take a right. walk. Go take a walk. Which is not a bad idea, but but the talk, the language. I grew up with, you know, yeah. with New York City language. Calm it. Calm the fuck, boy. Chill Get out. Get yourself together. Get yourself together. <laughs> the hell's wrong with you? Whatever was Buzzing going on. about, you know. Uh, but yeah, for me, the kid, um, you know, fatherhood is everything. It has been, you know, it is, you know, what I say has fixed me for, you know, really aligned for me purpose like you know i get why i came to earth after having kids like you're like i have an idea what i want to do own a private jet i want to build a couple of companies want to amass a few billy you know i have all those good 20 year old goals and those are good goals you know what i'm saying i had these kids and i was like oh All that other stuff makes sense. That's why they're whining about the bees. Oh, (laughs) that's why they're complaining about clean water. Oh. What I'm seeing you guys offer your children is a safe space for them to be exactly who they are. We have to talk about identity because we live in a time where so much is accepted. We live in a time I can remember when Ellen DeGeneres was like the most evil person on the planet because she came out as gay. And now look where we are. I don't know how much you want to talk about it, but I would love some words on the fact that you now have two sons. You used to have a daughter and a son. How did that land on your family? And how did you approach allowing your then daughter to say, I'm a son and to please still love me for that. And now you guys are this functioning, beautiful example of what is possible. I can jump right in that. It goes with that thing you asked the last time. What was the hardest thing? Listening. Listen. Listen to what they're saying. Your, your child told you, I chose you. Not mistaken, not off point. Speaking the truth about a space in the world that you can't access, but she has access to it. And she's telling you. So. You listen, and that's a harder, it's hard. I mean, it's simple, but it ain't easy. So when your child starts to tell you, I'm not comfortable around so-and-so, listen, motherfucker, listen. When my child's saying something's going on, I'm feeling different inside, like, yo, you know what I mean? It's not matching, you know, and you're like, I'm confused, but I'm listening real closely. You know, when our child, you know, came to us, was like, listen, on my on the inside, my I don't, you know, I don't match up with my, you know, my biologicals here. I'm I'm paraphrasing, that's not how it was said. You know, I'm using, no, New, I'm, I'm using New York, I'm using New York ease, you know what I'm saying? But I love biological. My, my child didn't say that. <laughs> it was a, my my wife would tell it more eloquently. Well, I'm trying to get to the root of it, you know what I'm saying? The spirit of that conversation. It it took us listening. My wife listens very closely and then we listen to what they're saying and what they're not saying part of you know being in an successful relationship 
is listening to what your partner is saying and then what they need, which is a whole other level of the equation, you know, algebraic, Albert Einstein thing, but also with your kids. But they're saying, what do they need? Sometimes you have to get in between the words and the lines. So listen to my child come and tell us, in here, I'm mad. In here. But we all, it, it worked in the sense that we could grasp the concept is that how we are structured, our foundational principles. You don't have a soul. You are a soul. You have a body. You run that back again. You don't have a soul. You are a soul. You have one of these. Which is what the younger use. So the oldest is trans. And the old, the the younger help the older with the coming out speech. And one of the things that he said is like, well, Naya is the same. You've already told us that we're a spirit, that we have a body. And so My the soul. body will change. Like we need to retrofit it for this moment. But this. But that wasn't is, even the first thing about the retrofit. It was like, it, it doesn't was just, match. It doesn't match. Not like anything know. I want to do or anything like that. I am a boy. So 17. No, no. How old were these com did these conversations start? This is uh 13. This is coming out of eighth grade. So and it was really, I think that it was the 14th birthday. It was before, right before the no, no, the 14th had just happened because after school, 14. So he made it through eighth grade. So middle school was a fire, like middle schools can be, you know, just the middle school time. And we knew that it was something going on as far as like just feeling uncomfortable. Now I have, you know, usually weekly kind of like spirit time with them. We talk about, you know, body, we talk about all kinds of things. So we had been feeling giving space for how time. we were I don't always think spirit time so. <laughs> I need you to just but I'd be wild real um, um, so so I had more lead up to because the thing of it is you know that we had a child who was being a ninja for at a princess party you know what I'm saying so I'm like I'm, I got my eye I think I, I see something coming I'm just not seeing this I'm yeah. like you know, we were completely blindsided by this yeah so, I'm like but we never felt it don't like look like I don't see a lot of boyfriends in the future is what I'm thinking I'm yeah. like it's probably we feeling like you know okay we've got a a usual presenting girl like meaning in that way but like but what I loved about my child that still always is a through line is that this bright light that they are. And so what I love about the parenting through this kind of like this arc that was happening was that you're accepted at all of the stages. So I'm not, I'm a little ninja. Okay, great. Awesome. You know, I'm, you know, I'm wanting to be, you know, the Batman, but I'm not wanting to be, you know, Catwoman. Okay, great. You know, but each step we were just kind of like, all right, you know, okay, great. Whatever it is, I'm thinking I'm a Tom. I was always a Tom girl. You know, you're a Tom girl. Fine. Not a problem. We were thinking probably gay. We were probably thinking thinking definitely that middle school. We're definitely feeling that. But then when war and it wasn't, I really feel like because I asked him and it was really pretty much by the time he understood for himself where he was, it was maybe within two to three weeks that we then got the conversation. So it wasn't this long period of time where he's like sitting with this new understanding of who he is. And he's been moving through because you're moving through identity in middle school, like all the girls are really hubbing hard and they're, you know, that's what that's when the change happens. Yeah, you know, and it's like you're you're growing when boys really in become ways boys that you're and just girls like, this that doesn't what is going on? And that's even if it's something that is a part of who you are, you're still looking yeah. at your breasts like, oh God, what is going you on? You start yeah. dealing with girls differently on yeah. the boy level, like it becomes different the and sex I thing becomes starts to really become forefront and how you communicate. In elementary, primary school is not. It's everybody's like, grouped in together. Kind of all in together. Middle school, you really start separate and looking at each other like, "Hey, hey," becomes you know how you're going to be dealing Even with in the world for and the for like- the for the remainder of the whole life journey, and it really starts to suss itself out. And I think that he there. just really started because I, I was asking questions and making sure that I'm staying as tuned in as I can. And I think that, you know, we were blessed to not have a tumultuous coming out or a tumultuous like. That's you guys, though. 
for even him, I was so, I loved, there was this one time we were sitting because right after he had come out, I'm like, I came back with my whole list of like, okay, so our son is trans. So we went into learning mode because this was, of course, not what we knew to be something we I know see nothing. in our future. Like it just wasn't, I don't even know. I don't, I don't even know. It was not there. So we're listening to him go, okay. And he said his name was Zion. And so Zion is one of the names that were in the baby book before I knew if I was having a girl or a boy. So when I Did heard- Did he know that? I didn't know that he knew that. Like it's in the baby book. And I don't think he's reading the baby book. But when he said he my name is Zion, I was like, when I tell you the spirit couldn't have gone, and here is your son. You know, I was just like- Yes. Yeah, I was like, okay, you know, we were, we spoke about, you know, there was the, the, still the grieving, grieving of a girl. I, I, the biggest thing for me was handing over my daughter, the, whatever I thought the pictures of being uh, a mother to a daughter, right? You know, recipe, whatever you thought in your head, like, this is what I bestow upon my daughter, the knowledge of femaleness. Yeah. All of that needed to shift down to like doing the hair. So I had that one really, um, I think I broke down twice, like really felt like I was really on my knees with my pictures, right? And absorbing this moment. And one of them was coming home to him getting his, so daddy is the barber for both of the boys. And like, of course, I have these Saturdays of me doing guys' hair. And now all of a sudden I'm coming home and hair is on the floor. And I just, I was like, oh, okay. And I just like had to excuse myself and go into my car and call my friend and just sob because that's a moment that you're just like, you're letting, but I knew what I wasn't feeling is like, you're, you're not perfect. I just knew that I had a picture of something else. This is what is. And that's why, you know, to the to the understanding and the listening, it's like, I believe my child, I didn't feel like, you know, because even if children are going through phases, you know, because people always are like, oh, my God, what if it's just a phase? OK, so it's like you have an imaginary parent playmate for a while. Like, that's exactly I, what, you know, I'm like, you know, let's, how I'm, are we I'm not going to treat that as 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 it requires a level respectful. of respect. So, you know, I was very circumspect. We just let's just chill and let's see, yeah. you know, because if I like boys, then I like boys. It's not going to change overnight. You know what I'm saying? If that's what, if, if that's what if, if you are a boy, you are a boy. Like that's what I understand. You know, like it's what you are, how you made your soul is made. That's what you know. That's what's in there, and that's not and it's perfect. It's, and it's perfect, but it's not trauma didn't make that. Yeah. Nothing happened to my kid. You know, I got many guns. I'm like, I'm I'm devoted. I'm ever vigilant. You know what I'm saying? I was saying? just about to say, no matter what, you're going to be <laughs> devoted. Listen, <laughs> y'all, I'm here. I've been watching your black ass. So I'm watching you, you know? So I know I'm protecting, you know, you protected, you protected. So if you tell me... still a, ask, you know, we, yeah, we, we, I came check. back with all but of I was like, boy... That, you know, Boy, I want you to see the therapist. You better have a space on the moon. I'm not that guy. So you better have you better get you better get to Mars. Elon Musk, they better get you to Mars. He's saying if something hurts. Yeah, something happened. happened. Like, something you know, happened. Should, my background, something bad happens, then you, these choices come up. This is the growing up in the 70s and 80s. It's never out of a true place, out of a spiritual place, mm-hmm. out of alignment with your soul. You know, when I was a kid, you know, all of these changes were always something bad happened to you as a kid, and now you don't like gold boys, you don't like girls, and that's the cause for your change. You know what I'm saying? Like, not that that, doesn't, that can't happen, but that's not how it really generates. You know, when it's what you are, what you are on the inside, free of, you know, being harmed or anything like that, how your soul unfolds. Just being born that way. Just yeah, born that period. way. What's so amazing is I don't think we heard the word trans more than 10 years ago. And now not only is it just affecting the kids who are identifying as another gender, but all the kids that watch, all the kids know about it. My eight-year-old is like, she already has a friend from day, from preschool who has transitioned from girl to boy already. And it was announced to us when they were entering first grade. And my daughter's like, yeah, well, I always knew she was, um, I always knew. And you know who's next, mommy? I bet you so-and-so's next. It's just 
so natural. What a beautiful place. Even though America feels like it's a dumpster fire, we're going uh, 80, 800 miles going backwards. There are so many things that are right. The fact that we as a country, as a community, have our arms open to embrace people as they are, as they see themselves. We came out on our, our Christmas card. You know, of course, we told our close family and friends immediately. He went from end of school at eighth grade to beginning of ninth grade in high school as a boy. So it was like like two and a half months of like, you know. And then, you know, at Christmas time, you know, we felt really happy and settled as a family to come out on a Christmas card and just let our bigger community know. But I think that people are always surprised by just the underlying peace and the joy, because this is the thing of being able to joyfully be who you are. It's not just acceptance. It's actually, you're still the magic you were the day before. I still have a child to rear. It's like, I don't rear a gender. I rear a child. So that means that you still got to be, you know, honest and kind and hardworking and steadfast and focused and all the things, you know, and listen and all the things that I would require of whatever gender now applies. And I think moms all of a sudden are like, right. Zion. Yes. <laughs> and and his pr- pronouns are he and him. He and him. Yeah. He, he knew exactly what he was doing when he chose you as parents. Dr. Shafali who I've been so blessed to have on this show a couple of times. She had, oh yeah, Dr. Shafali. Oh my gosh. She's episode 21 and 41. I know that at the top of my head. She always said, she is a mentor of mine. She's always said, our children are not ours. Ours. Right? God has given them to us to raise and to keep from scary, bumpy, sharp edges. Now, I literally could talk to you guys forever. I have another interview in seven minutes, so I have to jump. But thank yeah, you so yeah, much. Cool. It's it almost cool? one o'clock, y'all. I got a lunch, but I was just like, like he has I, a lunch. I, got, I was going like, to duck out in like five minutes. Too. I got it. It's all good. I got to put on the suit. It's okay. We're good. We're yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, I'm good. Thank We're good. you. I'm, I'm, I just, look, I said to Tandy, as soon as I saw you at in front of Marshall's, my spot, I was like, I just love your energy together. You guys have figured it out. This is what co-parenting married couples. That's my goal. It, that's what it should yeah. look like is to really yeah. lean on each other. I love that leaning. I love the fact that you have ha- you've navigated with such grace and that you've opened your arms to whatever the possibilities are and your children are nothing but stronger and wiser for it. So yeah. I'm excited to see what your children thank do. Thank you future. and your lovely you. baby you so girl. Much. Yes, thank, thank you for having us. You're Absolutely. Amazing. Much love to you guys. I can't wait to catch up on Black Love. I know you guys are there. <laughs> Yes. Thank you so much, Alimi and Don. That was just so beautifully transparent and so inspiring, truly. I thank you for your light. I thank you for your share. I thank you for leading the way. Yes, you guys are just so special. I have to say that now that I've sort of pulled back from producing a pod every single week, I feel a sense of relief. And I think that's the a really good takeaway that I wanted to share today is sometimes we feel this pressure. We got to go, 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 stay on that treadmill. And then sometimes we have to think of ourselves. Sometimes we have to say, as much as I want to produce a pod every single week, I'm not able to really put the work in that I would like. Because, you know, you guys all know what my schedule is every day. It it requires a lot. It requires a lot of scheduling and balancing my life. But I hit this really big question. I personally have such a busy life. Am I going to make it to listen to a pod every week? Or can I have grace for all of us and give us two weeks for each pod to find the time to dive in and listen to what these moms and now dads have to say and what brilliance they're going to bring to the table. So sometimes we make hard decisions about our lives. And this one wasn't, it wasn't, you know, curing any sort of disease, but it brought me so much peace to say, Tanika, you don't have to do it every single week. And in order to bring you the quality that I'm really hoping to bring every single 
pod episode, I really need to take my time. And I have such incredible parents. I don't want you to miss it. So once again, thank you so much for hanging out with Mama's Day with Tanika Ray. Now, remember, we just did our first live event. What you need to do if you want to be on those mailing lists, and it's exclusively for my subscribers. So you want to make sure you get on my mailing list. Make sure you go to my link tree in my bio and subscribe. You can also go to TanikaRay.com and subscribe to the pod there. Either way, let's stay in touch. I do want to still celebrate January 22nd. We celebrated the new moon, new beginnings with our first Mama's Day Presents Made of Magic. I want to thank some of my greatest podcast guests for coming in, flying in, making it down to the beach with us to celebrate from Melinda Williams. Thank you so much, sis. You were just iconic in what you've been able to accomplish as an actress in the business, but now as a light warrior with your incredible deal with Hallmark and your books and your ideology full stop. I'm such a writer for you, Melinda. Thank you for making it down to our event. I also want to thank Marie Bustin Moves. She was like the third episode and she flew all the way in from Atlanta to share space with us. Sis, you know, I love you. I also want to share that we had an incredible group of women from all across Los Angeles who carved out four hours of their day, four hours. But you know, if you've given birth to a baby and if you're out there parenting at AF, you know, even four hours is so hard to carve aside for yourself. But I want you guys to remember in this Black History Month, in this time of rest, in this time of softness, that we remember sometimes we can slow down. Sometimes we can say no. Sometimes we can dedicate ourselves to selffulness. Selffulness, not selfishness. They've already ruined that word, selffulness. Thank you so much. As always, I want to thank my producing team, Jenny Media, for always holding me down. I'm excited I'll be back in March after this episode for Women's Month. Hey, we're coming back with some hardcore mommy podcast episodes, but I thought it was really important. And I'm super excited that I finally got to share with you this husband and wife duo who are rocking it as parents. They are doing the dang thing. All right, guys, I will see you next time. Much love. Thanks for hanging out, Mama. I know how little time we have in our day to honor ourselves, and I'm just thrilled to be a part of it. Make sure you click like, rate, and subscribe. I'd love to hear what you think about today's show and what you want to hear going forward. Remember, mommying is a gift and you're doing a kick-ass job. So, Lusa and Mama Stay. Stay.